Welcome to Holy Prophets Radio, a business show that applies God's Word to your work. Discussing business basics ranging from starting your own company to complex human resources challenges. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule, archive shows, helpful downloads, and much more at leadingforachange.com forward slash radio. Now, get ready to take your company to the next level by applying biblical truths to your work with Holy Prophets Radio, hosted by Bradley Waldrop. Hey, good morning and welcome to the show. We are going to be uh, going through something that's brand new for us on this show. We're going to do an interview this week, and I'm excited about it. It was a really great time I spent with Kevin McCracken, who's the ch- uh, Chief Operations Officer um, of uh, Social Imprints, which is an, a social enterprise in San Francisco. So we spent some time on the phone last week, and uh, I was able to record the interview, and uh, we're going we're gonna to cover that the last half of this show. But this, this week has also been exciting. I, w- I got a chance to go to South Carolina and spend some time with Pierce Curran and, uh, and Pierce Curran's family, and they talked a little bit about Scaly Adventures. We're going to be broadcasting that interview on June 15th, and we're going to talk a little bit about how to use your company to serve great commissions during that interview. It's really going to be exciting. And we're going to have someone in the studio next week who is Ann Lazo of Eagle Soars Consulting. And we're going to be talking about how to set or reset our mission and vision statements, uh, whether we're in a startup mode or we're ready to pivot in our organization. So we're going to, we're going to cover that and then uh, some other announcements at the end of the show. But uh, you know, today we're going to talk a little bit about how to integrate cultures and personalities in our companies. And last week we talked about when ego drives the organization in practical ways for us to kind of fight off that desire for ego in our own businesses. And if you have some questions about that or want to go back and look at the notes, the notes are on our website. And we do have a website for this show. It's holyprofitsradio.com. Uh, you can send me email at bradley at leadingforachange.com. And uh, I can certainly uh, answer some of your questions that way. Uh, as well, but uh, you know, we're we're going to be looking now at this new era in the Bible uh, for the at what they call the exile era, and that is after the uh, the kingdom era of King David. The uh, the Jewish uh, nation was taken captive, and they were taken captive into Babylonia. And what's really kind of interesting about all of that and and that sort of process in my head. The way it works for me is uh, that we have uh, foreign cultures kind of being mixed, and that happens in business all the time, I think. It happens when we have a brand new company, and those folks that are the owners of the company, the creators of the company, they have a culture that they have decided that that's what they want. And they start hiring people, and as they start hiring people, sometimes the culture in the organization changes. It changes because uh, we have sort of relaxed our rules, not paid much attention to um, the uh, the core values that we had when we first started. We've got a lot of moving parts, and we're confused about how to go to the next level, let alone hold on to a culture in an organization. And if if you look at what God was trying to do with Jeremiah, I think in the very beginning of the book of Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah is one of those, uh, uh, he's, a, he's a prophet, and he is a weeping prophet, and I'm, I think that he, he's called the weeping prophet because of, of his desire for, for God and, and how emotional he was in trying to get people to change their hearts for who God was. Uh, but, um, you know, if you're, a, if you're a business owner, 
that's trying to struggle through that process, uh, God really has something for us here. He has a, a, a real interesting concept. And if you look at uh, Jeremiah uh, chapter 1, verse 10, rather than reading the scripture, what I want you to do is, is get a chance to, to read that. And it's really Jeremiah's call by God to go and speak out to the Jewish people and talk about what the Jewish culture needs to be and warn them of being captured and spending 70 years in somebody else's uh, rule, in somebody else's kingdom in Babylonia. Uh, All of that came true, and in in all of that, God's direction to, um, to Jeremiah was three things. It was to root out and pull down, it was to destroy and throw away, and then it was to build and to plant. And so when we think about this rooting out and pulling down, I don't know how many of you have, uh, we're, we're in springtime now, and, and springtime means brand new shoots uh, all over the place in the yards and, and what have you. I have things growing where I don't want them growing. And instead of just chopping off the top uh, with a lawnmower or something like that, I have to bend over and pull it out by the roots so it's not going to grow back. I think that that's, um, for instance, um, I think that that's what what God is calling Jeremiah to do is to to really imagine that, that the cultural issues that he's going to be faced with and the and the nation of Israel are going to be faced with as they move on into Babylonia have to do with some root issues, and they have to do with what whether they believe who God is and uh, whether they're willing to to look at idols that are outside of uh, of the Jewish faith and uh, attached to that, or if they're going to attach their hearts to God. And, and by that, uh, you know, those of us who are in business, we really have this need to go in and look at what what we really believe and what our core values are and why we've developed the company that we've developed. And uh, go back and look at the Human Resources Manual. Go back and look at your employee policies. Uh, oftentimes, we we do funny things in business. We will we will adopt a a human a human resources policy because. Well, heck, it's politically correct, and political correctness doesn't necessarily mean that it's right, doesn't mean that it's wrong either, but it may not be part of your core values. Uh, we, we tend to want to kind of bend our values so that people will feel more comfortable. We don't want to offend anybody. Uh, and, and I, you know, I, I was talking to some folks this last week, and, you know, offense that we take oftentimes has to do with our own baggage. If, if the set of core values is true and honest, and, um, and they, they have uh, even Christian, Christian principles, uh, most people would not be, uh, not be offended by Christian principles and respecting one another and and uh, taking good care of each other, uh, participating as as, uh, as human beings, as uh, you know, all all created equal. This is um, you know an amazing process. But but if you say you know, hey, look, they're Christian values. All of a sudden, you believe that maybe you're going to offend somebody. What I'm saying here is that you know it's uh, it's okay to stick to your values. It's okay to stick to your guns and all of that, and root out and pull down all of those things that have kind of worked their way into the organization somewhat like weeds. Um, and then this destroy and throw away, uh, for me, this destroy and throw away for, for um, 
the business owner is really looking at the people who work for your organization. And, and what I mean by that is that not everybody adopts your core values. Not everybody wants to play by your mission statement and your vision statement. Not, not everybody, even though you've sat down, you've clearly articulated what they are, you've given them a clear path and a clear vision, uh, oftentimes, you know, that's not where their heart is. And what I would say to you um, in the... Uh, in the, in the illustrious words of Jack Welsh, um, hire slowly, fire quickly. And uh, and here, what, what that really kind of means to me is, you know, go back and look at character traits of individuals. You know, oftentimes we struggle because we want to hire someone, uh, find a path of least resistance to get someone into a position. We've had someone working for us for a while, and maybe they've performed very well um, in, in certain areas, and we want to try them somewhere else, but we have some character issues along the way, and, and we feel like well, it's worth putting up with all of that stuff. Uh, I would I would give you some uh, uh, cause to pause a little bit there and try to figure out whether or not that's really what you want to do. Uh, you, you really want a core group of people who buy into the core values, uh, into the mission, and into the vision of your organization so that you can maintain the culture that you have. And then lastly, you want to build and plant. And building and planting has everything to do with with the development of human capital and talking a little bit about what you stand for and why you're in business and why it's important that your employees understand that and that your customers understand that. It, it's, it's really kind of starting from the ground up. Grab those individuals, start hiring, have a very specific hiring process that you need in order to identify the care character traits that make your business function and then use those character traits as the foundation to train the skills required to go to the next level. Now, the I, I, reason I, I say all of that is that we're going to have an interview here coming up right after this break. And the interview is from Kevin McCracken, who is the Chief Operations Officer of Social Imprints at socialimprints.com. He has a social enterprise, a unique social enterprise, and a culture at the organization he's trying to protect. Uh, not only protect, but foster. And he's doing some really great work through his business. And I thought it would be just a wonderful thing to do. So don't leave us on the break. And when we come back, we'll be jumping into that interview. WGNW 95.7, The Choice. Where do you turn for Christian concerts and events? Where can you get news from a Christian perspective and encouraging articles written by and about the local Christian community? Turn to the Journey Christian newspaper. Available in print and online. Visit www.journeychristiannews.com. Or call 828-676-6535. The Journey Christian newspaper. Encouraging Christians on their walk with Christ. Well, thank, thanks for returning back to us uh, from the break. We were just talking a little bit about um, the exile era and how uh, culture in an organization is so important. And uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit before the going to the break, a little introduction of the interview that's coming up. We interviewed with Kevin McCracken, of Chief, the Chief Operations Officer of Social Imprints, and uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, I think it's well worth listening, and I know I was blessed by it. So let's go ahead and get started. We have with us Kevin McCracken, who is COO and co-founder of Social Imprints. And Social Imprints is a full-service custom printer that provides higher-paying professional employment and job training and hope to ex-offenders and recovering drug addicts. 
And uh, as we're going through this theme of trying to understand how to integrate different cultures, I couldn't think of a better example of what that really looks like where the rubber meets the road uh, than to have Kevin McCracken uh, come and talk to us a little bit about that. So, Kevin, welcome, and Thank thanks you. for coming. I, I appreciate you having me. Sure. Uh, if you could just spend a little bit of time telling everybody about what your what your story looks like, you know, kind of where you came from, where you currently are, the struggles you had along the way, and what was that trigger point for you that said, I've got to go start my own thing in that process? So I was, um, as most of the people that work at Social Imprints are, um, I am actually an ex-offender and recovering drug addict myself, and when I, um, and the last time I actually used any form of substance was uh, almost 15 years ago now. Um, When I got out of county jail and then into a drug rehab program, I was lucky enough to find a job in a nonprofit organization that did job training for similar sort of circumstances. And what happened for me was this job was in in a screen printing operation. Because I, it just sort of made sense to me, the way the operation run uh, was run, kind of how screen printing worked. I had a, a baking background, and actually, screen printing and baking are not that different in terms That's of amazing. mixing inks is like mixing batter, and you know you have to it has to hit a certain temperature to bake. It has to hit a certain temperature to cure the inks to the shirt. So just kind of the the process of it made sense, and and at the bakery I was a production manager as well, so I kind of understood production and how to manage employees to get things done. And uh, the first couple of years I was pretty shy, believe it or not. I, I didn't have a lot of uh, sort of uh, self confidence, and I, I just didn't feel comfortable talking to customers. But within um, a few years I was the sales manager, um, and then uh, eventually I took over running that company uh, when my my then boss left, who is now my business partner at Social Imprints, Jeff Scheinbein. So he took off. I ran this company for a little while. Then I left and uh, was in charge of a, a large-scale production facility in Sacramento. Um, it was sort of feeling a little bit like I was missing something in my life. So, you know, and, and I guess everybody sort of has those times in their lives where they're just, you know, like, you're having sort of a struggle with conscience a little bit and like what's my purpose and why am I running this shop where the whole goal is just to, you know, print as many shirts as we can and make as much money as we can. Sure. Um, and funny enough, when I was kind of going through this, I, uh, my wife got pregnant <laughs> and um, I also ran into Jeff uh, right around the same time. Again, he had come back from a, he had been in, in, uh, in Europe doing, setting up a similar program over there for a nonprofit in, um, in England. And um, we just kind of, you know, it's like we picked up where we had left off a couple of years earlier. He's, you know, he was really excited. I was really excited. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm running a screen printing shop in Sacramento. And he said, you know, well, I just got back from, from London, and I really want to st- start a social enterprise in San Francisco. And it was, you know, I mean, the timing could not have been better. Sure. You know, here, here I am, kind of like I, I didn't. I didn't really love Sacramento either. So you know, there was there was a variety of reasons to want to be back in the Bay Area. So we just started talking and began this conversation. I guess it was a, like a continuation of our work previously together. Sure. But we we began this conversation of you know like you know how can we marry good social results with 
good business. And, you know, we, we bounced a couple of ideas off of each other and kind of, um, you know, oh, we should do this furniture recycling where we hire ex-cons to do, you know, to take the furniture and grind it down and recreate new office furniture. And we're both like, we don't know anything about furniture. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were, gonna, we were talking about doing like an a, uh, ink cartridge recycling. And then we realized that there's already a bunch of companies doing that. And so we kind of came back to what we knew. And, you know, and that's kind of my big advice for most social entrepreneurs is do what you know. Don't try to venture into a business that you don't know anything about. It's super painful, the learning curve, especially <laughs> as you get older. <laughs> uh, so we, we came to the conclusion that we were going to, you know, start social, which later became social imprints. And um, kind of the differences between what we do and what a lot of other people do is, one, we focus right now solely on higher-paying professional positions. So we hire um, at-risk group, you know, at-risk at categories, and we do job training in an office environment. Okay. So while most social enterprises sort of lean on either um, warehouse sort of work, um, you know, truck driving, uh, if you look at, like, Goodwill, um, and then kind of the higher-end jobs would be retail and retail management, okay. which are all great. Um, employment opportunities, but living in a city like San Francisco, those aren't sustainable for, you know, living here. Sure. Um, so, uh, and we felt like, to be totally honest, we had already done the production version of this and that based on our experience, we could figure out a system to interview and get kind of the, the candidates we were looking for within, you know, the categories of employees we were looking for. And, you know, I, you know, I always kind of joke about it like kind of a bold move you know, and it hadn't really been done before. And, sure. Um, but when we started sort of writing this business plan, and specifically Jeff, I was still actually working in Sacramento and sort of supporting Jeff and another employee in whatever way I could in terms of money because we basically were sinking everything we had into this new venture, and neither one of them were getting paid yet. So um, That's another bold move. Yeah. <laughs> with a child on the way, and we yes. we launched we launched the same like within like 15 days of my daughter being born. Wow! So, launched the company in October. Caitlin was born in November, and it was like here we go. <laughs> Life became a blur. I, I was I was actually joking with somebody that I met in Nashville the other day um, when I was out there that you know there was times where everybody would leave the office and I would just put my head down my desk and cry <laughs> you know like what did I do <laughs> I was I was making good money and now I have nothing right, right. and um, so we you know we we launched the company in a tiny little office in downtown San Francisco we didn't even have a name um, we had no materials and we got asked to do an investor circle event. Um, we got really lucky, basically. Sure. And so we we put together a presentation and, and showed up, and, and uh, sure enough, a couple months, maybe like a month and a half later, we got money from one of the investors. That's fantastic. That's a that's a neat story of kind of hanging it out there and just trying to figure it all out as it's happening. And I mean, so many business owners that I run into are waiting for all of the pieces to fall exactly in place before stepping out. Yeah, well, it, I mean, I think the thing that we realized is that, you know, and for Jeff and I, you know, we, we, him and I talk a lot about, you know, kind of that right place, right time thing, but it's not, it's not always that. I mean, it is, but it's also the idea that if, if, if you kind of know that this is the right answer, go right. ahead. Yeah, no, no I think no. that's great. 
And so, you know, we've been um, very, very, you know, fortunate, um, you know, to have both great investors and, you know, really what has turned out to be a ridiculously well-written and executed business plan. Yeah, and I think the big, the big, the big thing with us is that, you know, that's you can do a lot of things in here, and you can really mess up like bad, like blow a huge order. But if you come with <clears throat> the truth about it and you're honest, you say, you know what, I just totally, I don't know what happened. I just blew it, you know. Like I thought that the margin was this, and I was wrong, and the stuff came in, and we, we misprinted half the order, and I take responsibility for it. There's, we don't fire people for that. Yeah, I was really I was really impressed when you were giving your presentation at uh, Venture Asheville and Investor Circle about this sort of one non-negotiable that you have decided on, and it's it's impressive because it develops a a culture internally of accountability and responsibility all at the same time, and that's hard to do in organizations. So you know, I applaud you for finding that one ultimate ultimate thing that you you're gonna and a die on a sword for. Well, I mean, it really, it, there's nothing that we've figured out that doesn't sort of fit under that. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, stealing is really just lying, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's basically not coming to us and saying, hey, man, I'm in some financial trouble. Can you help me out? You right. Know, that's really all it is, you know, or well, for whatever other reason that you do it. You know, just doing things sort of, I guess the thing about what I've learned about, you know, staying sober too is that honesty piece is like how honest can I be with myself you know sure. it's not, it, it, then it spreads out to other people it's not so much about like you know and I hear this a lot um, with people that are especially sober people but you know that cash register honesty like oh you dropped a dollar that's not <laughs> that's easy that's the easy stuff that's like right. that, you know that's 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 preschool I mean, we're, right. we're, we're talking college in here. We want a university feeling in here. We want people to be like, okay, you know what? I'm having a really hard time, and I need to talk to you about this because I'm going to act out in a way that's going to affect the business. Yeah. That's the hard stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm. hey, I'm broken, and I don't know how to fix me, and yep. maybe talking about it can help fix me. That, yeah, that's, and, and then, that vulnerability and, well, is tough. And then what can we do to support that? Like, how, sure. how can we support you? Do you need to, are you, you know... Where is your support group? Are you are you doing twelve step? Are you involved with your church? Are you you know are you do you have counseling that you go to? What is it that you do that makes you feel good? And how can we support that? Right. You know, yeah. if it means you need to leave early because you've got some event you need to get to, involving a community that you're involved with, then just tell us. We would rather have you go and come back Monday morning whole than you know like come in here, stay here, and be, be kind of resentful at everybody in here because you think you should be somewhere else. That's you know? great. And and I think that that sort of kind of goes right into this next area we're going to talk about. So what, what kinds of cultures are coming into the company, and what, what does that process look like for integrating them? So, I, you know, I, I would say pretty varied. I mean, you know, we tend to obviously, you know, I can – make kind of light of it at times, we tend to attract sort of the island of misfit toys, you know. And so, and it doesn't, it's it's funny because what I've found and what I think Jeff has found a lot in, you know, working with other people is that it's not so much like where you come from in terms of like socioeconomic neighborhood, but there's sort of this underlying kind of like 
um, I don't know if I want to call it a feeling, but like this sort of underlying issue that kind of resonates with everybody and that they have never really felt like they've had a place to fit in before. Sure. You know, and, you know, it's it's not just that we're... So we, we sort of then give people this place to go, you know, and that's sort of the first step. I mean, there's not really any other, you know, if, if somebody's going to fit in here culturally, it's going to take a little while anyway. Sure. But, um, you know, in terms of people coming in, yeah, I mean, we definitely have had people from varied backgrounds that sort of like when they get upset, the reaction's different than, you know, we've got employee A and employee B. Employee A may be from Hunter's Point, and he may have a different reaction than employee B who grew up in the marina, you know. And right. so, yes, we, you know, the reactions may be different, but mostly it's an underlying sort of like, okay, there's a self-confidence issue or... You know, there's fear that they're going to get reprimanded because they did the wrong thing. You know, and everybody's sort of got that. We've all got a little bit of like, you know, you know, dad or teacher or mom or grandma yeah. or somebody got mad at me for doing the wrong thing at some point in my life, right? Right. And in a work environment, that gets magnified, especially one as busy as we are. You know, I mean, there's no way you're going to, and you're going to make mistakes, you know. Right. And it's, you know, so yes, people will definitely react differently. Like I tend to sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm, this is one of the things that I've been really working on is when I, when, I'm, when I make a mistake or if I do something wrong, I tend to kind of like, you know, it's like kind of, I wouldn't say a temper tantrum, but I get pretty upset, you know, and I'll look for other people to blame, you know, like, oh, well, you should have been doing this. And it's, you know, like I've had to be called, like employees will call me out on that behavior for sure. How do, They're like, how, hey, how do you? Dude, <laughs> How do you support really? that that kind of that kind of accountability? It, it, it seems to be difficult for lots of folks who own this their their own business, uh, who created it, that they have everything at risk, to sort of let their guard down enough to realize that folks are trying to to help them. Be, by by holding them accountable, how do you how do you do that? It, it's really hard, and it actually has been. It's funny because at times I'm more willing to hear it from the employees than from my own business partner. Uh, but you know, we've sort of like it, it's one of those things. Like when we like we have to. It's funny because um, the culture in here, like you know, Jeff's the CEO, so ultimately he's sort of the perceived you know as the kind of boss man. And sure. So he gets it a lot more than I do because I do so much of the, produ- like the production side of things, and I'll get, get in and get my hands dirty and go to events and set things up. And so there's a lot more of a perception of me being sort of a worker amongst workers in here. Sure. Um, but the the fact is, we you know we have pretty regular meetings. We try to do it at least every every couple weeks at the at the minimum, where everybody's together and they can kind of just vent out whatever's going on. And you know, there's been times where one or both of us has been focused on in a way that's super uncomfortable. I mean, like, really, like, where employees are like, you can tell they've been talking to each other, <laughs> you know, and because they've got, sure. there's there's an agenda, you know. There's yeah, a, there's absolutely. A, there's, a, there's, they, you know, it's like this, 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 and this, and... Very uh, calculated. Um, you know, and sometimes they'll talk to one or the other of us before the meeting and kind of get our feedback about how to approach the other. Well, it's nice to see that, that you guys have that kind of relationship that that it can get hot at times because you care and yeah. you can you can then work through that difficulty and and realize that everybody is is trying to accomplish the same mission and those things are the the set of metrics you've put up for everyone to measure yeah, the success it's, it's, it's certainly one of them and you know i think the other obviously the other thing is we want to maintain our our um you know our sort of mission hiring goals sure. and making sure that we're really any position that comes open we 
we focus on hiring people from the social mission first. Well, you know, I really appreciate you sitting and and talking about the experiences you've had. I think that your your information and your story is not only going to continue to impact entrepreneurs, but those folks that are uh, maybe even well established in their businesses trying to figure out how to answer this call that their conscience is uh, is tugging at them about doing something different and participating in their community and and through what you and Jeff are doing I, I know that the the city of San Francisco is blessed by you and um, the the employees that you've ha- you've had come in and your customers and I and I know that your story out here uh, certainly resonated with our community and I just appreciate what you guys are doing and uh, you know, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. Well, there it was, Kevin McCracken, COO of Social Imprints. You can certainly get more information about Kevin McCracken, his particular profile, from our website at holyprofitsradio.com forward slash guests. Uh, we'll put up um, a profile there, and you can get information about Social Imprints from socialimprints.com. And I, I know that I was certainly blessed by that uh, by that interview, and I hope that those the, those of you who are listening are as well. Some really great uh, information about practical ways to implement these cultural issues in our businesses. And next week we are going to be meeting with uh, Ann Lazo of. Eagle Soars Consulting. They are a marketing consulting company here locally in Asheville. We're going to talk about missions and visions and trying to figure out how to either poise our company going in the right direction to start or pivot and go someplace else. I hope that you uh, come along and listen to that. For information about today's show, you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash holyprofits. Go to our website at holyprofitsradio.com. Send me an email at bradley at holyprofits.com. May God richly bless you and your business. Take care.